pray. God, we're so excited to be with you with you today, Lord, and we're already, God, just moved by the worship and moved with just the, the sweetness of your spirit that's here right now. And God, we need that. We need that, Lord. We face, uh, we've been facing many troubles and trials and challenges and frustrations and hurt and pain, but God, we know you, Jesus, can heal us. And so speak to us this morning, God. Lord, move upon our hearts, God. Put a fire in us that will love you more and help us to live for you more. And so today, this morning, God, we give you this time. We ask for your Holy Spirit to anoint. Our hearts are ready for you. Our ears are attentive, God. And we just want to receive from you that we may be changed and healed, freed, Lord, and touched by you. So we give you this time asking this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when attending a wedding for the very first time, a little girl whispered to her mother, Mommy, why is the bride wearing white? Well, her mother whispered back and replied, Because white is the color of happiness. And today is the happiest day of her life. Well, the little girl thought about that for a minute. And asked, Mommy, then why is the groom wearing black? (laughs) Good thinking there, huh? Well, some say it's good to be married. Some say it's not. Some say it's better to be single. Some say it's not. This Puritan Thomas Gattaker said, It's not evil to marry, but good to be wary. I like that too. Well, as we continue here in our study in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes now, whatever situation God has you in, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether, whether you're married and waiting, whether you're single and waiting to be married, or whether you're, you're married and, and you were married, but you're no longer. Paul is saying, hey, it's okay. Just stay where you're at. Stay there and maintain your Walk, And that's the title of our message this morning. Maintain your walk. Maintain your walk. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 17 through 24 this morning. 17 to 24. Now our outline today is this. Maintain your walk, number one, by staying where you are. Maintain your walk, number two, by seeing the examples. And number three, by sticking with the Lord. Now, take note, as you know, we've been studying this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and it's all about singleness and marriage as we've been going through this. And as we go verse by verse through this chapter, today we actually come to the third message of our four-part series. Remember, we started out with our title, Maintain Your Purity. And last time, it was Maintain Your Honor. Now, number three, as we're making our way through chapter seven, number three is Maintain Your Walk. So let's begin here. Number one in our outline, staying, by staying where you are. By staying where you are. Maintain your walk by staying where you are. Take a look with me here now. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 17. Paul writes here, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. So I ordain in all the churches. And we'll stop right there in this verse. And this is really this first section we're looking at. Now we begin with Paul. He writes, but 
as God. Now, when he says this, he's connecting us to all that we have studied so far in chapter 7. First, you remember Paul wrote in our first study, in our first message in this series, Paul wrote how it's good for singles to stay single, to abstain from sexual sin, and to stay pure in that way. He also wrote in that first uh, message, he saw, and if you miss these, grab the CD because it's all linking together. He also wrote in that first time, first part, that it's good for the married to be married. Yeah, to be married because, you know, they have each other now and they can stay pure in that sense. Then as we went with that second section in the second part of chapter 7, Paul spoke to believers and he told believers not to divorce. And that's even if you're married to an unbeliever, unless that unbeliever would like to leave and get divorced. Because, and, and so you're not to divorce at all, but you stay together even married to an unbeliever. Why? So to honor God's word, to honor his principles in marriage, to to honor God while shining the light of Jesus in your home. Well, as we continue on here in chapter seven from verse 17, Paul says, as God has distributed. But now, as God has distributed, the word distributed means what has been portioned to you or our idea here today would be what has been assigned to you. So what God is assigned to each one, each, each person now, whether married or single, as the Lord is called each one, called is the sense of, of this call to do a task. Paul says, so let him walk. Walk in the Bible, we always think about it means like live out. So Paul is saying, live out the assignment that has been tasked to you by the Lord. So as we bring it into context here of chapter 7, see, whether you are single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're a widow, whatever situation, whether you're married to an unbeliever, it's all part of God's purpose in your life. Paul's saying whatever your marital status is right now, stay where you are and fulfill God's sovereign plan. That's the idea. That's what he's putting out here today here in verse 17 john MacArthur said where the lord has assigned and where god has called is where you should walk this is your life this is how you to live this is your walk you are to maintain your walk here stay where you are I, I was reading and someone was saying they were like flies on the screen door, the, the Corinthian believers. They were like flies on the screen door. Those on the outside were trying to get in and those on the inside were trying to get out. See, for some singles, they were hot to get married. Oh, I got to get married. I got to get married. And some married were like, you know, I, I need to get out of here. I need to get a divorce. But Paul was saying, hey. Now that you're a believer, now you're Christian, don't get all mixed up. Don't start to think, well, it's going to be better if I do this or better if I do that before the Lord. No, stay where you are right now. And then notice here in verse 17, and then Paul adds, I ordain. This, uh, this I ordain. And others, I teach this principle. It's from the Lord to all the churches. You know what he's trying to say? He's saying, in other words, this wasn't an option here. Yeah, that he's talking about. It, it wasn't some oh, something open for negotiation. And Paul is saying, make no exceptions as he's speaking to these Corinthian believers. Stay where you 
are. A woman came to the pastor and told him how touched she was after the church service. She had felt God's presence. She cried tears of joy during the service and was filled with the peace of the Holy Spirit. She said she was so blessed that she didn't want to go home and ruin the morning. Why is that? She, her husband wasn't saved. And she, she just found an oasis in church. And sort of jokingly, she said, do I have to go home? You know, kind of thing. And you would understand, and that's the idea. Hey, this isn't some option. You know, Paul's saying, hey, this is what I, I share. It's from the Lord to all the churches. Everyone. Corinthian believers, you guys, yeah, it's it, it, not just because you live in this evil city that it can be an option if you do this or not. No, it's hard, but do not go and change things, but accept where God has called you and be faithful to that assignment. And that's really his point here. Do not go and change things, but accept where God has called you and be faithful. Be faithful to that assignment. Proverbs 26 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? See, better circumstances does not make you more spiritual but faithfulness to god and whatever the circumstances that really shows where you are in your walk with the lord doesn't it paul is like hey don't go and change things thinking that oh it's going to be better like that but accept where god has called you where he sovereignly has placed you and be faithful in that assignment stay where you are it's there yeah, in your faithfulness that you really show where your walk is. Maintain that, that walk that you've been saved. So maintain that walk with the Lord. It's been said that Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what they are made of until you put them in hot water. I like that one. Yeah, that's where the test comes, right? Let me ask you today, how is your marriage? How's your marriage this morning? You feel like giving up? Maybe... You're walking with or you're married to someone who is not walking with the Lord. You're getting these thoughts. Oh, should I leave? God, would it be better if I just leave? They're not with the Lord. I should find someone who is with the Lord. Yeah. Perhaps this morning you're single and you've been struggling with that singleness. You're tempted. You know, I've been waiting, waiting. You know, you're tempted to compromise and go out into the world and find someone because you want to be married. Because, well, there's no one who you really like in the Christian circles. Yeah? Paul's saying, hey, hold, hold on here. Hold on. Stay where you are. Because, you know, God has a purpose. God has a plan to your singleness. God has a reason for your marriage situation. So stay where you are. Rather than change, trying to change your circumstance... God's purpose and plan, you know what it is? And we're going to see this unfold in our message today. God's purpose and plan is to be changing you. We want to go and change our circumstances. We don't like it, but you know what? God says, no, stay where you are because I'm not going to change your circumstances. I'm going to change you. Have a plan here. You know, when I was growing up, my, my dad, you know, assigned me when I was a boy to pull up weeds and, and, and dig them up, right? And, and even, you know, those weeds that, that popped up between the, the cracks in the driveway, yeah? You know, in the lines, I had to pull them up. And, and they would, 
you know, no matter how you pull them up in the, between those cracks in their driveway, they still come back after a while. Even after, even spraying something, they, they seem to always pop up. And now I thought, oh yeah, I always have a job here, you know, kind of thing. One time, it wasn't a weed that popped up between the cracks, but a flower had found its way to sprout up there. And somehow in the middle of the concrete, it blossomed there, right there in this, you know, driveway. Amazing. Well, think about that. That's what God wants to do in your life, in my life, in our lives. You know what? He wants us to blossom where you're planted. To blossom where you're planted. Whatever that situation is, God He's not allowing to change the circumstances that right now, but He's trying to change you so you would blossom where you're planted. And that's really the thought here. Well, let's move on now. Maintain your walk to number two by seeing the examples. By seeing the examples. We've seen number one by staying where you are. He's establishing that. And now number two by seeing the examples. First Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 18 now. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Now, Paul here brings some examples to help the Corinthian believers reading this letter see what he's talking about. We'll see what he means here. And the first example is about circumcision. So he says in verse 18, was anyone called? And when he's, what he's talking about is, was anyone saved while circumcised? And who was the circumcised? In other words, it was the Jewish people. So was anyone saved as, he, as you were a Jewish person? Well, let him not become uncircumcised. And then he says, was, was anyone called or saved while uncircumcised? Well, the uncircumcised people were what? The Gentiles, everyone else. So then don't get circumcised if you were un- uncircumcised when you got saved. Don't change here. Paul's saying, hey, a saved Jew doesn't have to become a Gentile or a saved Gentile doesn't have to become a Jew once they've come to Christ now. Now, in the past studies, uh, in our studies here at the church, we, we've learned how there were those Judaizers. Remember Judaizers? There are these Jewish guys who coming into the church. They're trying to get Gentile believers to be circumcised so they can be like the Jews. And we know circumcision is that symbol, right? A physical symbol that the Jew has in their dedication to God that they belong to the Lord. And we've studied that a lot in, in Romans and all. Yeah. So these Judaizers are saying, hey, you Gentiles, you got to get circumcised. You uncircumcised, you better get circumcised now that you're saved. And then I was reading this week, you know what? There are some believing Jews who wanted to disassociate with these legalistic Jews. And they are trying to think of some way where they can uh, reverse their circumcision. Now, Paul, Paul's going, look, you don't have to do none of this. Yeah, You, you don't have to go and, and do that. That's not what being sanctified is. Circumcision or uncircumcision doesn't make a person more holier or spiritual. What's the real issue? Well, look at verse 19. He goes on in verse 19. He says, "For you know what? Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But... Keeping the commandments of God is what matters. So it's not circumcision or uncircumcision that matters, but keeping, keeping what he's talking about, 
obeying, right? Obeying the commandments of God, that really matters. That's what matters. Obeying God's word. Romans 2.25, the second part says, If you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So, it's not about being a Jew. It's not about being a Gentile. What matters is being obedient in your walk before God. You can say this by analogy here. Paul was basically saying, To be married is nothing. To be unmarried is nothing. But keeping the truth, keeping the commandments of God, that is what really matters. So it's not your marital st- status here that really matters and going to sanctify you better, going to make you more pure or holy or spiritual here. So, Paul goes on in verse 20, let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. So he's bringing this same idea. He's saying, so let each person remain in that same calling, in that same marital status, you know, whether you're married, you're single, you're widow, whatever, whatever place you're at, you know, stay there, stay there. You know, whatever that is, remain in that calling and where you were when you first got saved. Well, many of the Corinthians that became believers, we've been learning, they thought, well, maybe I need to change something here. I'm married to an unbeliever. Yeah? Or maybe a single person, well, maybe I've got to get married you know, to follow the Lord better. But Paul's saying, hey, remain in that. He's saying this, there's no pressure to have to conform and change your status here. That's the idea. There's pressure, right? Oh, I'm the circumcised, you know, we're saying, hey, you uncircumcised, get circumcised, yeah? Or, or the other way around. There should be no pressure here to change your status. You know, I remember um, when we were graduating high school, uh, and I met my wife at the end of high school. And so I guess we're technically high school sweethearts, you know, here in that sense. But I remember when we were gra- graduating um, and many of our friends in the youth group, they were all getting married. Not all of them, but many of them were in the group that we hung out with. They were all, you know, getting married and go on, get jobs and all this stuff. And, and, and we felt that sort of pure pressure, you know. Oh, everyone else, you know, we felt that sort of, well, maybe we got to do that. But as we prayed and talked about it, we both agreed that God wanted us to wait till after college. And so, you know, to marry, yeah, well, uh, at this time would be to be disobedient to the Lord. So this is what Paul's point is. He's saying like the circumcision issue here, you know, the example he's bringing up, it's not about being pressured into changing this social identity, married or single. But you know what matters? is obedience. It's obedience. And that's his point here. Like the circumcision issue, it's not about being pressured into changing your social identity, married or single. You know what matters is obedience. Obedience. That's what matters. So be obedient. By seeing the example here, be obedient to where God has put you. A man was talking with his fiance about their commitment in marriage and he asked her, well, what, what if you wake up one morning, you know, after we're married, and you don't feel like you love me anymore? Well, you know what the fiance said? She replied, well, there's always obedience. <laughs> I like that. But it's true, right? It's true. It's obedience to the Lord and our commitments. Hey, when things aren't going as expected, when the frustration sets in and things turn sour, it's so natural for us 
to bail and run, right? It's so natural to look out and go, whoa, and feel that pressure. You know, I, I, I want to get out of here and look at, oh, they're, they're free. You know, and, and you start hearing things like, well, you know what, you deserve better. How could they do that to you? Yeah. And that pressure even builds inside us and you, 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 you don't want to s- stay there anymore. You want to get out, yeah? Are you feeling that today? Are you? Are you feeling? Is there some frustrations and, 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 and expectations that hasn't happened? And it's, it's natural in our flesh. You know, I'm out of here. Are you feeling that? You know what God is saying? Wait. Wait. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't give in. Maintain your walk with me. Stay obedient to my word. That's what he's saying. You know, many times I know, talking to singles, yeah, you know, you, you feel that pure pressure. Oh, everyone's married, you know. Come to church, you see, all I see is married couples. And, you know, when you're feeling that, you don't see the other singles. <laughs> you just see married, 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 married. Oh, it's just me, you know. Because, you know, it, it, it's something heavy on you and that's all you see, yeah. And, 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 then you, and then you start thinking, oh, if only I was married, you know. The grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. If, if, only, if only I was married, I would be so happy, you know. It, it, it would be great, you know. It's the other way around, too. You may come to church and you're having problems, so you say, oh, if only I was single, I'd be so happy. The grass is greener on the other side. You know what someone said? Someone said, the grass is always greenest in the center of God's will. I love that. In the center of God's will. That's where true happiness is. That's where contentment is. That, that's where fulfillment is in God's will. Are you pressured to look for happiness in the change of your situation? Yet, God seems to be doing nothing you know, it might just be he wants you to see this need for commitment, this need for, for, for happiness, this need for contentment and fulfillment. It might just be that God wants you to show you that it's only to be found in him, in Jesus Christ, you guys, in Jesus. Not a person, not a circumstance, not a situation, but in Jesus in Jesus. So Paul says, hey, you know, like the circumcision issue, it's, it's not about being pressured into changing your social identity. What matters is obedience. So stay there. Stay there. Maintain your walk. Well, he goes on in verse 21 here, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 21. He brings another example. He says, were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it so here's a second example i mean first is with circumcision now paul uses this to help the corinthian believers see what he's saying about what he means and now it's about slavery slavery so he says were you called or were you saved as a slave you know were you a slave a servant when when you came to know jesus and he says you know what do not be concerned in other words don't stress about it doesn't mean you can't serve god doesn't mean you're you're a lesser christian because you know you can't serve the lord as a slave 
He says, but, you know, if you can be made free in others, if there's any opportunity that you can be made free, maybe purchase your freedom, not be a slave anymore, you know, that's great. Rather, use it. And if you can be free, then take that opportunity and use that freedom to live for the Lord. But if you can't, it's all right. Don't stress about it if you're still a servant. Whether under a master or not, a saved slave, uh, you know, was not to, to, to go and do whatever they want. That, you know, they were to live for the Lord. They are not to be rebellious, but they are to lead a godly life. I understand back in the Roman times, about half of the population now, they were slaves. They were servants. That was the way their society was. So many of the Christians... They were, guess what, slaves also. So Paul is addressing this. Though the Bible does not condone slavery um, in that time, Paul taught the believer who was a slave to be a light, to be a witness if you're in that situation. In Ephesians 6, 5, Paul said, Bond servants or slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ. So whether free, you know, if you're slave and you're saved, you know what? Hey, lead that godly life now. Verse 22. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. He says, either way, he goes, even though one may be a slave, he is actually the Lord's freed man. He's been freed from sin and death, free to serve God. And those who are who, who are a freed slave when they came to Jesus, you're, you actually become Christ's slave. So he's kind of playing with thoughts and words here. In other words, you know, these slaves who have been freed, their freedom is not to do whatever they want, but to submit to Jesus, their new master. So whether saved and a slave or saved and a freed slave, believers are now servants of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in Romans 6.22, You have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. And we understand that. yeah, That God is our master. Our God, uh, Jesus is our Lord now. We serve Him. And we are as servants to our new master. No longer to sin. Verse 23. Then Paul says this. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. So now he's bringing it all together. He's saying as believers, you know what? Your body is a price. The precious blood of Jesus, which is shed on the cross, that's what purchased you. Purchased your freedom. That purchased you to go and, and serve Jesus now. Our freedom came by a great cost of the Son of God. So now, Paul's saying, believers, you're to serve the Lord. And so you are not to become slaves of men. What does he mean here? Well, men here, he's talking about the ways of the world. And we're not to put ourselves in, and, and be slaves now again of the way the world does things or our flesh. The New Living Translation puts verse 23, God paid a high price for you, so do not or don't be enslaved by the world. So we are not to put ourselves under them anymore we we have a new master jesus they're not our master no more believers then are no longer to follow and to be influenced by worldly ways and what's our context concerning marriage and singleness so paul is saying look look you guys hey 
Don't be like the world, yeah? Don't, don't be slaves in that, that sense, you know? Don't, don't, don't be like that. Don't, you know, maybe the world is telling you to do different things and you want to change your situation. Hey, you have a new master. That's Jesus Christ. A recent survey I read, uh, it was just this year, it showed that 65% of Americans say living together is okay. I'm not surprised. I hear that all the time now. I'm not surprised. It, it seems the no, what's normal today for people to do. So is that okay for a Christian to do? No, it's not. We're, we're not to go with what the world is saying, right? The Lord says, hey, you can, you can be together. You got to be married, right? Or else it's fornication, right? And it seems today, and we understand this, that divorce is normal too. Ah, we'll change partner. Ah, it's not working out. You know, we've been talking about that. I read a U.S. Census Bureau report that showed that 41% of marriages end in divorce. 41%? No. But then it went on to say this. 60% of those who have been divorced and go into a second marriage, 60% of those marriages end in divorce. And those who have been divorced and then remarried two times, it goes up to 73% of third marriages end with divorce. It's, it's out of control here. It's, 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 it's going on and on, the divorce, and it's all right, let's go on. It's sad, statistic. And the thing to understand here, it's not us. Yeah, It's not what we are to be like. So, here's Paul's point. So, like saved slaves, even though, whether free or still a slave, even though we live in the world, we do not live like the world. But you know what? We now submit to our new master, Jesus. That's, his, that's Paul's point here. Like saved slaves, even though we live in the world, we do not live like the world, but we now submit to Jesus, our new master, our new master. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our master. Jesus is the one that we follow, that we do bidding for. On their golden anniversary, I read about Albert Einstein and his wife were being interviewed and asked, to what do you attribute the success of your marriage? Einstein replied, well, when we were first married, we agreed that I would make all the major decisions. And she would make all the minor decisions. That is the reason for the success of our marriage. Then he kind of looked up into the air and added, You know, the strangest thing is that in 50 years, we've never had to make a major decision. (laughs) The wife was sitting there, so I think he had to say that. No. (laughs) Here's the thing. The world does not dictate to us believers what marriage is, what singleness is anymore. We have a new master, the Lord God. We are slaves of Christ now. And now, you know what? Jesus makes the major decisions, right? Jesus makes the, 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 he makes all the decisions. He's the one that we follow. So the question comes to us, who are you a slave to? Who are you a slave to? Are you allowing yourself to, to, to follow the world's ways? Or are you a follower of Jesus? 
I was thinking about how some probably say, well, I march to the beat of a different drummer. And I say, oh, yeah, the way you look in dress, you sure do. No, just joking. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some people are like that. Nah. And, 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 yeah, you know. Hey, but I was thinking in a similar way, shouldn't Christians live a different life too? Shouldn't we say, yeah, we march to the beat of a different drummer. And you know who that is? Jesus. Jesus Christ. We have different standards. We have different ways we do things. We have different principles. And we hold to these morals. And, and what God says about my marriage. What God says about divorce. What God says to about singleness. You know what? Even though it's difficult and hard. I'm going to submit to my master. Jesus Christ. When you're tempted to compromise, tempted to do as the, the world and your relationships, when you find yourself, you know, whether single or married, and it gets difficult, even painful. This is the challenge, right? Will we still follow Jesus? Will we still follow what the Word of God says? Will we still submit ourselves to our Master and do His bidding? Will we submit to His ways, to His will, and live by that different standard that one would normally do normally yeah we'd be out of here we'd be like ah i'm i'm over this yeah normally we compromise i'm I'm, wherever i find i'm gonna get married yeah Yeah, i just want to be married and have babies yeah right i i talk to people like that seriously they're so frustrated they're so alone they're so hurting in that way They'll, they'll do anything but let me ask you, will you say with me, I am a servant of Jesus. Say that with me. I am a servant of Jesus. One more time. I am a servant of Jesus. Let's be that. Let's maintain our walk before the Lord. Yeah, Whether hard or tough. By staying where you are. By seeing these examples. That we will be inspired by these examples and, and, and hold on to the Lord. Well, let's go on to number three, which actually leads us there. Number three is by sticking with the Lord. Number three in our outline, by sticking with the Lord. We've seen by staying where you are, by seeing examples. And now by sticking with the Lord, maintain your walk. Verse 24, our very last verse, just one verse in this section. 1 Corinthians seven twenty-four. Paul then says... Brethren, let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. He's been now reiterating this now, right? He said it in verse 17 in that sense. He said it again in verse 20. But just like what Paul said in verse 20, except Paul adds something here. He says, remain what? With God. He's saying, stick with God. Stick with the one who saved you, who is with you. In that state, right, that you're called, that you've been assigned to, whether single or married, whatever, whatever situation, married to the unbeliever, widow, whatever that is, maybe divorced now and you're single. Hey, stick with the Lord, for He is with you. The book of Exodus, I remember when we were studying that on Wednesday, um, 
we saw Israel, and even now we, we get a glimpse of these things as we're in numbers now. Uh, we see God's visible presence was manifested by how? A cloud by day, a fire by night. Wherever the cloud moved, Israel moved. Where the fire moved, Israel was, right? Uh, when the cloud moved, so did Israel. Whenever it stopped, Israel stopped and camped, and that was God's will there. At one time, Moses said to the Lord, Look, Lord, you know, if you don't go with us, we're we're not going to go. We're with you. We're going to stick with you. And that's the idea here. Stick with the Lord in whatever situation you are in. He's called you there. He's placed you there. He's assigned you there. And you know what? Paul's saying, hey, remain with God. God is there in that situation. Think about it this way. I mean, understand it this way. The Corinthian believers are thinking that, well, if I change my situation, uh, then I could really see God work in my life. Yeah, I could be more spiritual. God be stronger. But the reality Paul is saying is God is already there working in your life. He's there right now. Circumstances don't have to change for the Lord to work. He's right there. Whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're single, maybe you're a widow. So his last point here is this. Whether married or single, remain in that place for God is right there with you to help you in this time. Whether married or single, remain in that place for God is right there with you to help you in this time. So exactly what Gabriel said in his commentary. Paul repeats the command but adds the phrase paratheo. With God, as though he's saying God is looking on and is there with you to help you. And I want you to get that in your mind. And this is the point of Paul. God is right there with you. What? To help you. To help you. He's there. He's not just standing by the sideline. Hey, I signed you there. I'm going to see how you do. No, he's ready to help you. He wants to see you blossom where you're planted. So he's right there with you and he's right there to help you. So don't try to bail out, but let God build you up. God is there with you. So you know what? Don't leave the place where God is, right? The grass is greenest where God's will is. And God's will is where God is. And if God has assigned you there and God is with you, then God is there. And so don't leave that, no matter how hard it gets. Because God is there to help you. And you know what? He's changing us, right? We learn. Years ago, I was in this very frustrating, it was hurtful too situation. When I was on staff at a Calvary Chapel on the mainland, I was an associate pastor. And, and you know, because of the circumstances and stuff, I was like, I was ready to quit. It wasn't the first time too. But in this certain situation, I was like, you know what, Lord, I had enough. I had enough of it all. I had enough of these problems, these divisions, the people uh, getting hurt, uh, the politics on staff. I go, you know what? I I told the Lord, it would be more better and peaceful and more fun to be working at, at McDonald's than here. I'm, I'm, I'll just go to McDonald's, you know. I just want to out it here. But as I was in my devotions, the Lord told me, no, no. That's not my will. The cloud isn't moving right now. Yeah. And you know what? So I had no choice but to stay, to be obedient, to submit to my master 
And guess what happened? God was there. I started to grow. You know what? I, I, we talk about it, you know. We talk about, well, we got to forgive that person. But I truly learn what forgiveness is. We talk about, yeah, agape love, you know, the true aloha, yeah. Unconditional love. But you know what happened? I really learned what agape is, yeah. No matter how I was feeling. It wasn't just talk anymore. You know what I also learned? I learned how to pray. I mean, really pray and pray and see God answer those prayers. And, and, and you know what I learned? I learned that God is with me. And I learned to rely on the Lord. Totally. I mean, really rely on Him. If I would have left at that time, I would have short circuit what God was trying to do in me. And let me tell you, there's no shortcuts to holiness. There's no shortcuts. We have to go through these times. So God has assigned us and purposed in this calling, in this place, where wherever He's placed you. I mean, we could apply it to our lives right now, whether you're married, single, whatever trial you're going through, right? God is there with you and it's His will. Listen, Satan specializes in shortcuts because he doesn't want you to grow. And if we take shortcuts... It's really the long way around because the lessons will come back to us again. Don't feel like you can't do it. Don't feel like, I, I, Lord, I, I, you know, it, actually it's good that you feel like that. You know why? Because it's time to stop doing things on your own and your way and now let God work. It's time to see God work in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the situation, and use a changed you to change things. I'll close with this story. Um, Pulitzer Prize winning author Edward Bach wrote about his grandfather, who was commissioned by the king of Denmark to rid the area of pirates playing havoc with shipping along a certain coastal area. The elder Bach, the grandfather, set up his headquarters on this lonely, rocky, desolate island just off the coast. And after a few years, was had accomplished his mission and rid, rid, you know, Denmark of these pirates. Upon returning to the mainland of Denmark, uh, Bach reported. The grandfather Bach reported to the king, and 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 the king, seeing what he had done, offered the grandfather Bach anything he wanted. You know what he told the king? He said, all I want is that pl- a plot of land on that island where I'd set up my base. They told him, you're crazy. The island's barren. Why would you want to live there? You know what he said? I want to plant trees. I want to make the island beautiful. The king's aide said that he would never be able to do that. That a tree would not grow. It was rocky. It was wind set, swept. And nothing will come of it. You, you'll fail there. No way. However, the grandfather Bach insisted, and the king then granted him his wish. He went on to live on that island. He went on to build a home, and eventually he brought his wife there. For years, they worked together, persistently planting trees, shrubs, grass. Gradually, the vegetation took hold. The island began to flourish. One morning, they woke up to hear birds singing. There had never been any birds on that island before. 
Eventually, this island became a show place and now a tourist attraction where it's visited by thousands of tourists every year. When he died, the grandfather's tombstone said this, Wherever your lives may be cast, make you the world a bit more beautiful and better because you have been on it. I love that. You see, with God's help, you and I can make the world a little more beautiful and better. How we do that? By staying there, staying where you're at, by staying obedient, staying submitted, sticking with the Lord, for He's with you and He's called you. And to never stop, never stop being a Christian, never stop believing in Him. And to always maintain your walk. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray right now, Lord, for those who are in situations, Lord, that you would help them, God. That wherever place that you have sovereignly placed them, to understand there's a purpose in it. Whether married, single, divorced, widowed. Lord, even it comes to many here who are going through trials and tribulations, who are frustrated, Lord, whether it's a job or at home, work, or whatever that is, or whatever situation and circumstances that they face now, Lord, rather than running, rather than quitting and giving up even on you, Lord, let us stay where you are and stay where you placed us and see you work, God like we've never seen you work before. God, I pray for the miracles, Lord. And the miracles is not just changing the situation, but the miracle of changing us, Lord, from within. That you would help us maintain our walks before you in faith and trust in obedience and in submission to what you have and to stay in the center of your will. Lord, forgive us for complaining. Forgive us for even quitting already in our hearts. But we're here today, Lord, and you're speaking to us. And I pray that you would do that miracle inside us, Lord. That you, we would feel your strength. That we would feel your peace. That we would find security that we know, Jesus, you're with us. And that no matter, no matter what, God, you will Help us to make it through. Though rain, storm, or wind, Lord, you are with us. And nothing, nothing can take that away. And if you're with us and in us, who can be against us? We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.